2: 365 Bird 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
4: You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here to hang with you on a football Friday. Yes, it is a football Friday. We'll acknowledge the baseball team in just a second. But first things first, yes, get ready for another Eagles games, an all green matchup that I was very much looking forward to in July and August. And now that we've arrived here in October, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it all that Uh. much because...
5: Yeah, Jagu- this was going to be a big one, man. This is—I circled this one. I was excited about this one. Now, it's like oof, it's, it's just another, another another bump in the road. I'm sorry, Jody. That's—I've
4: uh, only been taking it for 50 years. So what's another Sunday against the <laughs> Eagles? Which, oh by the way, the New York Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. In a tradition like uh, no other. The Eagles Jets final preseason game of the year, which the Eagles used to lose every once in a while. The Jets yeah. find a way I to beat get them that. in
5: preseason. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the regular season games are the one that have ca- that count, and the Eagles have never. Let me repeat that. Never lost the Jets. Thirteen and zero. Is it thirteen or fifteen? Um, uh, I
5: believe it's 13, 13, we'll be double, I'll be, double check, be 14 uh, by Sunday,
4: uh, so yeah, we will uh, talk plenty and if the Jets somehow find a way to jump up and win this game, my guess will be that it'll be more the Eagles shooting themselves in the foot than the Jets putting forth some kind of phenomenal performance, because I've talked about the Jet defense all year long and they've had a couple of injuries and they got injuries this, uh, going into this week with uh, Big guys. one,
5: popped up yesterday by the way, big one big injury.
4: Which one are you referring to? Jalen Carter. Um, oh, for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the Jets oh, injury. Yeah. Um, they're, they're down a couple of their cornerbacks. Looks like the top two guys, DJ Reed and, and uh, Source Gardner are both going to play, but I don't know that either one of them is 100%. Reed just got out of the concussion protocol and was limited to practice yesterday, but their backup guys are, are both hurt. Uh, the the Eagle, the Jets are not at 100% coming into this game on the defensive side, which is their lone strength. All right, so, yeah, let's get to that Eagle injury. Did Jalen Carter get hurt stepping out of the shower or something? Because he practiced yeah, fully the day know. before and nowhere to be found yesterday. What the hell happened, Johnny Mac?
5: Hopefully we'll get some information this morning from Nick Sirianni as far as, you know, he's probably not going to give us a timetable. Um, but as far as what happened, because you're right, uh, everything's copacetic, uh, uh, on Wednesday, and all of a sudden Thursday pops up and he's not there and he's injured, um, and he's not practicing at all, and he's uh, in red ink on the special team step chart, which means you're injured. Um, yeah, uh, uh, very surprising, uh, and obviously not in a positive way. people get hurt in practice. I mean, um, Jordan, my got injured last year in practice and had to miss a couple games. Um, so it does happen, but obviously it's uh, the way he's been playing. Um, that's, that's a big one, uh, because he's been dominant. Um, and you know, this is probably the week where you can persevere, but you don't want to. And, uh, Thursday, not being able to practice is not a good sign for a Sunday game. I will say that.
4: My, uh, You mentioned my lot. Didn't he get hurt in a game last year? Didn't he get hurt
5: on a return
4: pick six?
5: Uh, yeah, two years ago. You're right. Oh, last year true. was the shoulder. Two years ago, he injured his uh, knee in practice. Last year was the shoulder on the pick six against Jacksonville. Right. Correct. Yeah.
4: Um, but um, your point of you can get hurt in practice is is legit, not often. And the, I see me, you know what it was? If he did get hurt in practice, and this is pure speculation by McDonald and McMullen here, we don't know when he got hurt, how he got hurt, how hurt he is, or anything else. But if he did get hurt in practice, it's the intensity of that eagle practice, Jim. The coach went bragging on it last week that they're so intense in practice. I guess Jalen got a little too intense in practice and ended up hurting himself.
5: It's, uh, it's, you know, you can get, and that's the thing about football. I mean, the, the worst injury, maybe I've ever seen in practice was Teddy Bridgewaters. Uh, ever heard of that was in practice. Um, it happens, uh, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but, uh, it definitely happens, um, and it, it the way he's been playing, is it's unfortunate because he's been I, – I don't think it's an overstatement to say he's been one of the best uh, defensive players in football to this point, the entire NFL. Um, and I think he's been the best Eagles defensive player, and the Eagles have a lot of good players, and I think he's been the best um, which we don't often say about rookies, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a big break for the Jets if he especially with a young quarterback who's probably prone to speeding up and and making some mistakes if you have a, a player like that out there.
4: So they if he does uh, if he doesn't go if he's not ready to go by Sunday and we won't know that till Sunday I can guarantee you that because uh, Nick Mister. Tactical advantage will not be uh, uh, informing the world as to his status. Uh, He's going to want to keep the Jets guessing. Uh, That's the bad news. Good news is Fletcher Cox full go of practice yesterday.
5: Uh, Fletch is ready to go. Uh, so that helped saw
4: him partying in the Philly locker room after the game. So I'm guessing no question. Fletcher Cox is going to be able to play on Sunday. If he can go and throw champagne around with the Phillies, he's got to be good to go for the, he's ready to go.
5: Fletch even, even heard Robert Sala talking about giving Jalen hurts 11 kisses because, uh, someone asked him about Brees Hall and the the year that he's had and, and and the big play ability that he's brought to the Jets and he's probably the jets you know biggest concern on offense right now he said we got to give him 11 kisses every every carry <laughs> so yeah he, he's ready to go um and that'll help um Cindy Brown talked to him for a long time he's going to play that'll help. Justin Evans had a big knee brace on. I don't think he's going to play. And I don't think Slay's going to play. And that popped out of nowhere either. I mean, he was his usual jovial self after um, the game in Los Angeles. He was holding courts. And all of a sudden, he pops up on on the injury report Wednesday. He didn't even practice. So it couldn't have happened in practice. Um, Had to happen in the game. But I can't get the sneaking suspicion that they want to make sure he's optimal for Miami and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and all those guys. Um, Again, the Eagles, I I mentioned it yesterday on the show, the Eagles would never admit it. But I think, you know, they look at this game as a little bit of a breather from a defensive perspective, at least in the passing game. Um, And. Probably being cautious, but that's just my my speculation there.
4: Could this possibly be? And at some point, I'm going to have to uh, uh, cop to this because Rashad Penny has become a complete non-factor. I suggested that at some point during the year, you would see the Eagles run, uh, Eagles take a running back and put them on load management. Again, they create some kind of quasi-injury, kind of like this one, which you're telling us Sunday in the locker room perfectly fine, no practice, unless he slipped in the shower. And they haven't said he slipped in the shower. It could be a load management thing. You just uh, kind of laid it out the way they might be looking at slice status. I thought that could happen at running back this year. Now it hasn't played out that way because they seem to be afraid to get Rashad Penny up for any games. So they don't have the depth or at least they don't have the, in their own belief, the perceived depth that I thought they were going to have coming into the season. Go and load management at quarterback, huh? At cornerback, unja. Well, I
5: I wouldn't describe it as that. You know, I it, look at last night. You know, Travis Kelsey's playing, playing at a high level, impressing Taylor Swift. Yada yada yada. Um, you know, he's got an ankle injury. He's still making plays. Guys play through injuries all the time. I'm not questioning if Slay has an injury. You know, even you know, I'm I'm saying. There, there are certain injuries where you can be cautious with on a certain week versus, you know, if it were Miami, you might need him out there um, and he might be capable of playing. And, by the way, this is just purely my speculation. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, not, I'm not reporting. It. Right,
4: I'm going there with you, buddy. Yeah. You, you don't think. Well, some people know.
5: think, you know, say, oh, McMullen said he's just sitting down. But, you know, people hear what they want to hear. Um I, I, I'm not doubting he's hurt. He's got an ankle injury. I'm not saying i are making up. Yeah. yeah, well, that's blame that one on Jody. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. Saying,
4: put it on me. I'm saying that, and I wasn't even there. I'm taking John at his word that Slay looked fine in the locker room afterwards. He didn't uh, limp. He didn't say anything about it. Nobody questioned him about it. And all of a sudden, he hasn't practiced yet this week. I'm suggesting that he's not as hurt as uh would usually take to keep Darius Slay out of the lineup for a game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, I
5: think there's different levels of... Uh, and again, the Eagles would never admit it. They wouldn't even admit it off the record because they don't want to disrespect uh, another team. Um, but I think human nature factors into it. And I think, you know, there's a little... There's a little room to be more cautious with an injury this week than perhaps another week is how I'll describe it. And that's why I bring up Travis Kelsey. He's clearly hurt, but he's playing through it. He's, he's through still it. making plays.
4: And, oh, by the way, they're playing one of the worst teams in football last night in the Denver Broncos, and they did win another head-scratching decision by the Broncos coach, which we may or may not get to today. Uh, but that was the uh, just Another lousy effort. Talk about just a quick Birds 365 revisit. I will ask you direct question, John McMullen. Were the Philadelphia Eagles interested in Russell Wilson? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Did they make a sincere effort to try and acquire Russell Wilson?
5: Well, no. I would say no because Russell never gave them the opportunity. Um, so Inquire. It- not, oh, not yeah. acquire, inquire. Oh, yeah. Did they I, I seriously say...
4: inquire about Russell Wilson? Yes, yes. 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 Okay. How's he playing for the Broncos?
5: Not well, you know, but I, I always say situations matter. Uh, I, I don't think it would be as bad uh, here as it is there. However, I think the Eagles got lucky. And, they did.
4: You know. Um, so... Did the Eagles seriously inquire, not acquire, inquire, About Deshaun Watson? Yes, yes. How's he playing for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, he's not playing for the Cleveland Browns these days. Probably a no-go for the Cleveland Browns these days. Good luck again. Uh, The Russell Wilson dodged a bullet. Deshaun Watson dodged a bullet.
1: I mean, those
4: guys were surely targeted before Jalen Hurts ever became Jalen Hurts here in Philadelphia. Yeah. You could even I've go so gone.
5: far as uh, Zach Wilson, to be honest, because they loved him in the draft and felt they couldn't get to a point where they could acquire him and sort of tapped out because they obviously have a a close relationship with Joe Douglas. So they knew they were kind of blocked um, and they, they went in a different direction. But they had uh, – a ton of uh, interest in Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of times it's better to be lucky than good. Um,
2: and the uh,
4: Eagles are lucky to have Jalen Hurts, which we'll, certainly we'll talk about plenty today. All right, uh, one more thing before we get our first guest up, which will be Paul Donwich from uh, 33rdteam.com. And his stat pack will be up on uh, jacobsports.com. Well in advance of today's uh, Sunday's game against the Jets, that's already um,
5: up. Jacobsports.com. Does it go everything. up?
4: Uh, I thought it didn't go up till Friday afternoon.
5: Uh, no, it's up. It's okay. up right so. now. A lot of good, a uh, lot of good nuggets in there. Go to Jacobsports.com to catch up on. Dom or just
4: stay tuned here because Dom is going to share most of it with us uh, when he jumps aboard. Roster juggling. We uh, speculated on it yesterday. I think you hit the nail on the head. I thought. I think you said that. Come on, we're gonna do this whole punter up, cut him, and then bring uh, sign someone else to the practice squad and bring him up three weeks at a time. Maybe Braden Man actually gets the gig. He did as of yesterday officially signed to the roster. They used the spot that they had for Cam Jerkins to the IR. Man has been fine. That's how I did fine. Not awe inspiring, not bad. But fine so far, and they're fine with fine if they have a game like they did against the Rams. They only have to punt once the entire game. That'll be fine, too. Um, uh, I'm, I'm fine with them making the move that they did. But I thought they were going to leave that open for N'Kobe Dean to get into the lineup on Sunday. Again, limited yesterday, and you had limited view of practice they going overly cautious with Nicobi as well. And do you think he won't be dressed? No,
5: I'm. If I had to bet, I'd say Nicobi's going to play. And i I said this with Nicobi and to a certain extent, uh, Sidney Brown as well. Uh, and this is just my own thought. This is a perfect week to get him involved, Um, get him back in the mix, Um, and try to get them as a part of it. Because I think Justin Evans, pretty clear, he's not going to play. So. Either go back to Terrell Edmonds or give Sidney Brown a shot. I think this is a perfect opportunity to give Sidney Brown a shot. He can make a mistake or two this week and get some of the startup costs out of the way. It's probably not gonna hurt you that much. Um, and then N'Kobe shake the rust off again. If, if you're looking at N'Cobe's game, it's you know, the biggest question marks would be coverage, the coverage aspect of it. And uh, again, it's an easier week than typical in that aspect. So I think it's a perfect opportunity to get them both involved. Um, with Brown, I don't know. They might default to Terrell Edmonds because the veteran presence knows how to play and all that. So I'm more, but with Nicobe, yeah, I I, I mean, he, he's ready to go. Um, and he's, I, I I don't think the Eagles are going to be, Again, we talk about the three sacks. Like like fans are going to get enamored by the three sacks. The Eagles know what went on there. And and Nick Marrow deserves all the credit for cleaning up and making plays. But they know N'Kobe's a better linebacker. And that's where they want to get eventually. Um, and, you know, he's healthy He's your best linebacker. He's back in there. All right. So we're,
4: we're back to the same repetitive question I think we've been asking each of the four weeks last four weeks somebody's got to go if you're going to reinstate nicobe dean off the injured list then someone needs to come off the 53-man roster in a week where we don't know Jalen carter's status I doubt that it's gonna be Contavious. My, my default position is always Contavious Street. No. Not sure Forget I about it.
5: Contavious. No, he, he's solid. He's right. Solid.
4: He he actually played okay last week when he got through. they were down a couple of uh DTs, so he got a couple of snaps in there. And uh unlike Derek Barnett actually showed up on the stat sheet. Um where where are they it's not going? gonna be
5: Derek either? Uh, yeah, unfortunately which, for you yeah
6: um
5: well, i i, I would Eagles. say i would say you know judging by the brace it could be justin evans to ir um you could Ooh. do it that way um but if i were to pick a player if justin evans isn't going to be out four weeks or or something of that nature um and you can't tell by braces but he was wearing a big brace um um I uh, I would bet, uh, unfortunately, I would bet on uh, Mario Goodrich um, as being the guy. That would be my guess. In a week where Slay might be sitting. I know Goodrich is. Or, the next, you know, it could be Rashad Penny as well. They've been working out. They brought in uh, a practice squad running back, Brian Kobach. They worked out another one. I forget his name. If they have confidence in those guys, might even be Penny. But I would. I would lean more towards uh, Goodrich. And they will keep that under wraps till Sunday when they head up the Turnpike to
4: take on the Jets. All right. It is time for our first guest. Joining us next is our buddy Paul Domwich, 3013.com. And his stat pack, John tells me, is already up on Jacob Sports. I don't know why I didn't think it went up till Friday afternoon. I thought that Dama would do us a solid and keep it under wraps until he came nah, on our we show need, on we track. need shelf life. No, no. He puts it up on the website first. Thank we you very much, Damo.
5: 12 and 0, by the way, the official number, Jody. 12 and 0. That, Eagles uh, jets
4: the Jets have lost 12 straight to the Eagles. They're going for the 13th. I thought it was actually 13 and 0. Getting ahead of myself as a loser Jet fan. <laughs> <All right>, Jody <joining> Mac <laughs> coming back. We'll uh, talk about Eagles, Jets, and uh, a couple other things around the National Football League with Paul Domwich. He's up next here on Birds 365.
1: Go to get your game on, go for the beers.
3: Field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions
7: on three. One, two, three. Because
3: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
8: Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
9: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
8: Soganow helps kids in under resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love
9: are
1: needed most.
9: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now.
4: All right, back guys, with Paul Domwich, our buddy from uh, JacobSports.com and 3013.com uh, as well. All right, Domwich, I'm starting with you right away. Um, I see you noted that uh, of the last 10 Super Bowl champs, only one, the Denver Broncos, had a lower red zone success than the 5-0 Eagles. Repeat, uh, teams that lost the Super Bowl coming back the next year. Yeah, they got issues in the red zone. That's that's a very fair uh, statement to make. But I'm going to ask you this one. Of the Super Bowl losers coming back to take another shot the next year, who is the only team to start the next year 5-0? and There has only been one team in the history of the Super Bowl since they started it after losing, came back the next year, opened up 5-0. and Do you know who that team is?
8: Well, I'm going to do the math here, Jody. Since the Eagles are 5-0 and and they lost last year in the Super Bowl, I would say could it be the Eagles?
4: No. I mean, after you go to the Super Bowl and lose, and then the next right. season come out and open up the season 5-0. and Only happened once where a loser in the Super Bowl the next year started 5-0. and Besides Not the
5: Eagles. Eagles.
8: Yeah, besides the Eagles. Oh, it's, it was the 81 Eagles, I know. Uh, the
4: 1981 Eagles, after going yeah, and losing it, 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 to the Raiders, yeah. started the next year five and zero. It's the only time it's ever happened, and the Eagles yeah. have now uh, for the second second time uh, after uh, the previous Eagles Super Bowl iteration went there. We need better results because that Eagle team finished up ten and they, six. They started
8: six and zero, oh, Jody. Six, six they right? Opened uh, and uh, Dick Ver, it's still it still haunts Dick Vermeil. <laughs>
4: A a little bit. That uh, next season wasn't near as successful as the one before. All right, Damos, since you noted in the column the red zone struggles that the Eagles have, and what's the solution?
8: Jalen's got to – I mean, they got to get better passing the ball in the uh, red zone because teams have doubled down and are taking away the run. They're taking away Jalen's running uh, inside the 20. Uh, They're basically saying, beat us with the pass if you can. And, you know, he he hit Goddard Sunday, which was a positive – uh you know uh, thing to see but i think it was only his i want to say his third red zone touchdown pass in the last in his last nine eight or nine starts uh you know that's just not the way they've been operating you know going back to last season i mean they get down there they just grind it out he runs uh and teams are you know you know they they've got to be you know they're a diverse team in the other 80 you know in the 60 yards between the 20s, uh, yeah. you know, they need to they need to show that they can throw the ball down there. I mean, we need to see more of Goddard, we need to see more of AJ Brown
5: uh in the end zone, and uh, uh Jalen's gotta let it fly. All right, caution the Eagles fans because these numbers are going to be uh terrifying. So uh I, <laughs> I want them to be ready. Um you're right. It's it's so strange, Damo, because they might be the most Diverse offense and football between the 20s, and the least uh diverse of offense yeah. inside the red zone. And boy, the numbers you you gave with Jalen, uh, in the red zone passing the football 30th in red zone completion percentage, eight for 18, uh, 44.4 percent, 34th. In red zone passing yards, tied for 28th in touchdown passes in the red zone and 34th in yards per, per attempt. There's only 32 starting so quarterbacks. How do you end up 34th? Yeah, or well, Captain that, fact, that means season. that means backups. That's yeah, there's bad. other guys. Yes. Bad. That that's not good. And you know, part of it, I don't want to make excuses for Jalen, but part of it is. They just don't throw the football. And they have yeah. these two big bodies in AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. I I gotta blame, I gotta blame coaching staff more than Jalen Hurts. You think that's fair or unfair? It is, but I underst- you know, I kind of understand where they're coming from.
8: I mean they were <laughs> – the Eagles finished third in red zone production last year. Yeah. I mean, do, doing it their way. 68% running inside the 20 last year. And nobody stopped them. I mean, they just they just blew blew everybody away down there. I mean, they scored touchdowns. And Jake Elliott had to make his money somewhere else. Um, you know, this year, like I said, offseason teams had a chance to spend the offseason looking at film, looking at ways to try to stop this team. And they said, okay. We're going to probably have our problems stopping them between the twenties. Uh, but when they get down there, when 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 the, when the field shrinks, Jalen's not as good a quarterback when he can't throw deep. When he when the deep option to AJ and and Devontae isn't there, let's 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 stop that run. Let's take away his run lanes. Let's take away the RPOs, the draws that he, he runs, and let's make him throw the ball. And that's kind of where we are now. Now that doesn't mean Jalen can't do it because I think he can. I mean, I think. You know, he just needs to show them that he can do that. And, when you know, once they start having success down there with the pass, you know, you it goes back to opening everything up.
4: All right. I don't have this in front of me. I'm trying to get it, and I can't get it quick enough before I got to answer this question. Give credit where it's due. Uh, Brandon Lee Gouton had this up on Bleeding Green, I think, on Monday. Um, possessions in the red zone where uh, DeAndre Swift is the main back. Uh, the Eagles have, in 11 possessions, gotten six touchdowns and five field goals, which is still not a great percentage, six out of 11. But yeah. ones that uh, Kenny Gainwell has been the number one back, they've got one touchdown and four field goals and one loss on downs and a couple of end-of-gamers, which if you're just running out the clock, you're doing what you're supposed to. But the touchdown percentage is much higher with uh, DeAndre Swift than it is with Kenny Gainwell. Yet they continue to put Gainwell in when they get to the red zone. Is it time to give up that shift, Dama? Well, I mean, just because they trust I'm the guy because but... he's been around for one more year, what does DeAndre yeah. Swift have to show that he should have at a minimum the same role Miles uh, Sanders had last year on this team?
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, John and I talked about this on my podcast earlier in the week. You know, they've got to be careful with Swift. Uh he's entering a that an area that he's never been in before. He's averaging 18 plus touches a game. Uh you know, this isn't a workhorse back. This isn't a guy you want to pound. Uh or else you might as well he'll be watching the uh, the playoffs from the I, from IR. So you got to be very careful there. You know, Gainwell's a you know, G- Gainwell's impressed me this year with his tackle breaking ability. His, you know, I mean, he picked up two big first downs on Sunday uh, after, you know, he runs on yards after contact. I haven't noticed that. You know, I don't know what the circumstances are on some of those uh, when he's been in, you know, they've probably been in the fourth quarter late in the game. A, a couple of those red zone opportunities they squandered, you know, were, you know, kind of like Sunday when they were just killing the clock. Uh, you know, the the bottom line is, you know, the numbers they're averaging. Two, their whole team is averaging two point three nine yards per carry in the red zone. Um, last year, they averaged uh, well over three. So, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on Kenny Gainwell solely. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, Jalen's not not running effectively down there. Uh, Swift hasn't when he's been in there. You know the only thing that works down there is when they do get to the one you know <laughs> that's a sure thing because they're going to go to the tush push but you know teams like yeah. i said teams have devoted, teams have devoted everything to stopping them in the red zone
5: yeah and damo you know has the numbers there but when it comes to deandre swift and touches 18.2 per game he's never touched that his highest With the Lions, it was 10.5, 16.4, 12.3. Even at Georgia, it was 15.7, 13.9, and 6.5. So he doesn't have a history. And think about this. He only touched it two times in week one. So it's 89 touches over four games, which is uh, 22-plus touches a game. So – yeah, I think they if anything, they have to scale back DeAndre a little bit when it comes to a touches standpoint. And right now, I think more of the equation is all right, if you don't like Kenny Gainwell that much, and by the way, the Eagles do, so I don't think from their perspective, but then you you, you have to start talking about Boston Scott or even Rashad Penny. I don't think his numbers can go up. I mean, twenty-two, that's you know, in this area, that's that's Derrick Henry esque. I I don't think, if anything, I think the touches got to go a little bit backward uh, moving if forward. If
4: that's the case, then I'm just suggesting save him for the red zone. If you say, uh oh, we're getting to a point where we're not, let's let's let him get into the end zone, which seems to be the one thing we're all questioning about the Eagles and their ability in the red zone. Kenny Gainwell has gotten, uh, you talk about the imbalance between Gainwell and Swift. I'm guaranteeing you in the red zone, they're about even. And yeah. that's Johnny told me this from, shoot, the beginning of practice this year. They trust Kenny Gainwell. High leverage situations. They work Gainwell. They're going to give it to Gainwell. They, I, I'm not seeing it. Domi, you, you think he's been breaking tackles. I somehow missed those plays. I don't know. I have not seen any of that out of Kenny Gainwell this year.
8: Well and you haven't been watching the, you didn't watch last week's game. <laughs> did,
4: did did either of those two
8: end up in him getting in the end
4: zone? I don't think so. I will yeah, I, I will
5: say that. also when Kenny, you know, and again he's, you know, role players we've been talking about role players a lot this week he's their best pass protector as well so that factors into wait it.
4: that that's that's the tallest midget in the circus right well yeah
5: i agree yeah, with they're that not,
4: they're not good at that at all he might but I mean, I mean i mean
5: swift it, it's it's ironic because swift was pretty good in detroit at least from pff uh perspective last season as a pass protector He's been, that's the only thing he hasn't done well. It's a big red mark. It's down in the 20s. He's been really bad as a pass protector here. Um, And yeah, Kenny's just been acceptable. But he did a good job last week. And and as Damo mentioned in the Rams game, he did a pretty good job uh, chipping at times. Um, So that factors into it as well. And, you know, you got to have, this is not, as I said, DeAndre Swift has been great. He's fourth in the league in rushing, um, so he's been one of the best backs in the NFL. But this is not, this is not the guy I look at and say he can be Adrian Peterson in his prime and just take on thirty touches or Derrick Henry and and stand that level of pounding. So I I do think Dama is right and the fact that uh, uh, you need to be careful with that moving forward. Another interesting nugget, time of possession. The Eagles have been dominating. Now, you know, when Chip was here, time of possession didn't matter, Tomo. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I think it's overvalued at times, but when you see the disparity the Eagles are are having, now, one of the things is their defense is never on the field, so that helps. Um, They've had so many long drives offensively, and they're more, let's be honest, they're more talented on the offensive side of the football overall than the defensive side. So the complementary nature of football, they lead the league in rushing attempts. You had their highest time of possession so far since 1989, which is when they started tracking the numbers. These drives are impressive, even when they don't finish them, Damo.
8: Yeah. And it, I mean one of the reasons why their run game is so big to their success. That <laughs> you look around, you look around the league right now, everybody's playing the Vic Fangio uh yeah. two deep. Drives small. me insane
5: by the way. Drives
8: me yeah. nuts. They're just not giving up the, the deep ball. And, and, and to the Eagles credit, they've, they've managed to get a, uh, several in the last two weeks. They've uh, I mean, they, they still throw it down there because they've got guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae who can catch 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that helps. But the fact that they have a run game, you know, that's that's been so effective and they don't fumble. Um uh, very seldom at least, Uh, you know, I mean, they, they can, they can do these four, twelve, fourteen, sixteen 12, 14, 16 play drives and survive if they can keep, you know, take it from, you know, inside the 20 and not have to go with a uh, 95 yard field goal by Jake Elliott.
4: Then if the Eagles are one of the best at keeping the football and winning time of possession and the Uh Jets are one of the worst at losing time of possession and their offense is getting off the field rather quickly under Zach Wilson. Can we see a 40-20 split this week? Can, can the Eagles actually double up the Jets in time of possession?
8: I think they have to uh, given, you know, I guess Slay is not going to play, John. Uh, uh, Doesn't Carter look like not.
5: it. Yeah, that popped up out of nowhere. Now Jalen oh. popped up. Uh, Jalen Carter uh, popped yeah. up after practicing Wednesday. Doesn't practice Thursday. Justin Evans has a big knee brace on. He played the entire game. That yeah. popped up. There was no indication he got hurt in the game, and all of a sudden he's got this giant knee brace on. Um, yeah, it's a tough sport. man. Guys yeah, play through even, things.
8: <clears throat> even with Zach Wilson back there, I, I don't think I want uh, Job and uh, Mario Goodrich and some of these other guys, whoever they're going to use, uh, yeah. uh, on, you know, trying to cover Garrett Wilson. You know,
5: it's- Yeah, Garrett's <laughs> a good player, man. If if Aaron Rodgers was there, boy, this would be a marquee game if Aaron Rodgers was playing. Jets have a great defense. If they could do anything in the passing game, and obviously they would be, even though the four plays weren't working out, uh, and people would say, well, the offensive line stinks, Aaron would have figured it out, and and Garrett Wilson would be a star by now. Um, (laughs) This would have been a real test. Now it doesn't look like a test other than Robert Sala saying they'll give 11 kisses. So I got to get you. I don't want to talk about it, but I got to talk about the tush, push, cheek, sneak, brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um The Eagles. And I, I've said this for a while. Jody knows this. I think it's window dressing. I really do. I think they're converting it without the push I, because I think that, and I, Kelsey's a big part of it and, and Mm -hmm. the power of land Dickerson as well. Um, but they got a quarterback who can squat 600 pounds and nobody else has a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds. I think people miss that part of the equation. Um, and I have said this from a counterintuitive standpoint, I think if more teams, I think it helps, even though they've been unsuccessful and everybody points, nobody else can do it. That's because their quarterbacks aren't as strong as Jalen Hurts. And if they keep practicing it, it will help them more than it helps the Eagles because they're getting it anyway because he's just going to push the pile. Am I nuts or do you buy into that at all?
8: I mean, I I think it's more than window dressing. Uh, I don't know that. I mean, you can go, you know, you go back to before they started doing it last year, you know, Jalen's quarterback sneak rate was still high. And and I agree with you. I agree with you that he'd probably still be making most of these. Um, But, you know, I think it, for for one thing, it plays with the defense's mind. I mean, yes. Yes. That I agree with. You don't even hesitate on fourth and one. You go up there and and get three yards like they're getting now, two and three yards, which is amazing. I mean, that that takes the air right out of a defense. And and I told John this the other day, Jody, we're going to see at some point here, and I think they're going to wait until a big game to do it, you know, San Francisco, Dallas. We're going to see them throw off this. We're going to see them pitch it out. You know, after they get everybody thinking, you know, nothing else is going to happen, but Jalen just bulldozing behind uh, his line and getting pushed. You know they're going to do something funky and uh, and and beat a team down the field. So, it's it's amazing. I mean, yeah. right now, eight of eight of those fifteen tush pushes on and one situations have gained have gained more than one yard. Yeah. They've gained two, then three. It's just
5: yeah. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't help because you know yeah. they at times they get three yards as you mentioned, and he's getting <laughs> pushed down the field. Um, but I can't help thinking. So you bring up San Francisco. Well, Brock Purdy isn't as strong as Jalen Hurts, but you know if they stick, I don't even know who their backup left tackle is back there, and all of a sudden it's a 24-24 game, and it's fourth and one, and then they have a backup left tackle pushing a guy who maybe isn't capable of getting it on the normal side, I think all of a sudden it turns in the other direction. But yeah. I, I agree with you. They are in people's heads with this. Um, yeah. And that part is real. That part is real. I will say. And I'll give uh, you the perfect me? scenario where it's going to happen
4: right. against San Francisco or whoever else it is, What whatever game comes up. You need it to be third and one. That way, if you take the shot on third, you end up in the end zone or an incomplete. And then on fourth and one, you go, ah, now we'll stick it down your throat. And you run it anyway on fourth and one and get the first down. If it's going to happen, which I think you're onto something, it'll happen on a perfect situation yeah. where they have not only the third down to take the chance, but then the fourth down to get the first down anyway.
8: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of a team that that can get for short first downs on fourth down. It just totally turns third down into a, I don't know what they're going to do uh, down. You know, they may, they may go deep. Uh, you know I mean? They do. You can't, you can't figure out what they're going to do. It just opens up all sorts of possibilities, which creates problems for the defense.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, defense. We'll talk Eagles defense because she also uh, broke down the blitz numbers for Sean Desai, which you know, up spiked over the past two weeks. And I'm a little surprised how much they blitzed uh, Matthew Stafford. I wasn't surprised that they hit a high against Sam Howell, the young quarterback. I'm a little bit surprised they were still up near 30 percent against Matthew Stafford. Now, part of that is the low number of plays, so the percentage gets a little bit spiked. But um, that did that surprise you at all, that they they went after Matthew Stafford so much? It did because, you know, I
8: mean, I understood what, you know, Sam Howell, inexperienced quarterback, those are the kind of guys that typically a team that doesn't blitz a lot will, will go after. I mean, uh, so that didn't surprise me. They blitzed, I think, 30% against Washington. Uh, versus 29.5 or something like that against uh, last week, but yeah, they don't. Uh, this is a veteran quarterback, um, but I think they just felt that their their defensive line could so overwhelm this offensive line and put pressure on him uh, that they were going to go after him. Uh, they didn't. They weren't fearful of the running game because uh, the Rams don't have a running game. So uh, yeah, the first half and the first and the first half, you know, they weren't getting a lot of pressure on him. Consistent pressure, at least, even with the blitz, and Cup was 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 carving them up. I mean, Stafford to Cup, Stafford to uh, the, the BYU guy. Last <laughs> name, I keep forgetting every time we talk about. Puka Nikua. Puka yeah. Puka, yeah. Uh, second half, different story. I mean, I don't know, if, you know. I mean, besides the fact that they were suddenly in Stafford's face with four, and five, and six man rushes, they also, you know. They brought in Bradley Roby, who was doing a terrific job of covering a better job of covering cup than they had in the first half with the people they were using.
4: I do not know if uh, Reed is going to be healthy for the Jets on the corner. He was in a concussion protocol uh, last week and uh, did uh, limitedly practice yesterday. But if he's out there, that means it's probably a good chance he's going to play. And you have he and Sauce Gardner and, and Reed's good when healthy. And Sauce is one of the best in the game. If that's the case, do you man up one on one both Devontae Smith and AJ Brown because you need to respect the fear that is the speed of Quez Watkins? <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I appreciate <laughs> you. Don't know how much I appreciate your laughing. When I saw
5: him, he's been trying back. to get this all week. I, I hear let me let me let me throw out my thing but and it's not mine it's Nick's which I get (laughs) Um, role players I think you know Nick constantly says I think they're two different discussions if you need traffic if you need production from Quez Watkins you've got to go in a different direction but I think his speed on the field with A.J. Brown Devontae Smith makes it easier from a spacing standpoint I think the Eagles are are correct from that standpoint so if you can stretch the field you know maybe have a little bit more space to make Jalen make the throw that's why they play him because of his speed but you know i think people get conflated with oh he doesn't produce and Alamede produced a little bit more but he runs a 435 and Alamede runs a 455 or whatever so the spacing is thrown off from Nick's perspective. That's his his philosophy. Buy or sell?
8: Uh, Sell. Yeah. I mean, I buy some of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, he mentioned his blocking and also. Yeah, I don't uh, see the
5: blocking, by the way. Yeah, you know, I don't see the
8: blocking at me. all. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, we saw was...
4: block, a blocking wide receiver last year in Zach yeah. Pascal. He was good yeah. at it. We, 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 what we said, oh, but
5: blocking, that's... yeah, he's, Where's uh, come on, yeah, uh, uh, you know, 150
8: pounds soaking wet or whatever the hell he is. Uh, yeah. you know, that's not my idea of a wide receiver, a blocking wide receiver. Um, you know, I, you know, but his speed does create. Uh, at least it's something they got to think about and it creates some room for other guys, including Goddard, you uh, theoretically. Um, so, you know, and, and Oz is adequate. I mean, they need to, one of the things they need to do in the draft or free agency this year is, is go get a really, I'll tell you a guy, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys watch many Oklahoma games, uh, Bob Stoops, his son, Drake Stoops. I mean, the guy is the quintessential. He's Hunter Renfro younger. He's he's just a, the 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 slot corner slot uh, wide receiver you want in an offense. Uh and that's the well, I think guy that's Cooper
5: Cup, tambo I'm gonna go Cooper Cup. That yeah. guy, that guy created no, more I don't separation think he's available, Johnny. I've, I've ever I I've saying, ever but... seen in the slot. I don't know how much it was cup and how much it was Goodrich and Ricks, but I've never seen so much separation in the middle of the field. Uh it was something to behold. Uh, yeah. from SoFi Stadium. That guy's phenomenal. Um, really And by is. the way, I criticize Sean McVay, man. He went away from it. That's where I, I I, credit the Eagles coaching staff. When you're giving them something, they take it, and they keep doing it until you stop it. And Sean McVay was like, yeah, let me try something different. They're getting used to it. They can't do anything with him. Yeah. You know, it was... This week...
8: Because of you know a, a lot of because of what I saw last week with in that first half, I mean you know Zach Evans isn't Matthew or Zach Wilson isn't Matthew Stafford, he's not gonna. Yeah. No. And they don't, and but Garrett Wilson is in the you know I mean he's in he's the cup, very good top yeah. As far as, uh, and they've got Alan Lazard and, you know, and they got Cobb, who, who's who got three catches. I don't know what the hell's going on there. I mean, they brought him over, I guess, because he was going to catch passes from Rogers. Yeah. But anyway, they got, they got receivers they can get the ball to. They've got Brees Hall. You really don't want this offense, the Jets' offense, even with Zach Wilson, you don't want them to have the ball a lot Sunday. So I think we're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going up against a, a Jets defense that is, is one of the best in the league, but they're 29th against the run. So what does that tell me? That tells me they're going to run the ball a lot this week.
4: All right. Uh, for, and, oh, by the way, the kid from Oklahoma that you're talking about, the quintessential uh, slot receiver, if you believe Nick Sirianni, if you take him at his word, they don't want that. They need the slot guy to be a guy who gets deep no. so as to open things up for uh, uh, yeah, Smith I don't, and, I don't and Brown. Okay, if that's your philosophy, that's your philosophy. I'd rather have a guy who could catch the football, but that's just me. Um, I give you a couple guys to look at, though, uh, this weekend, if you're watching any college football. Washington's got two kids that can both get behind the defense. Michael Penix is having a real nice year. He's not going to win Heisman, but he's going to get votes, and he may end up in New York. Rome Adunze... And another kid by the name of Jalen McMillan. They got some speed on the outside of Washington. They got a big game against Oregon. Both teams are undefeated. I think it's 3.30 on ABC or something like that. So if you're looking for the guy who's going to take Quez's job, because Quez is not coming back here next year, despite his unbelievable world-setting tracks uh, ability
5: to stretch. Well, now, Jody downplays. he can run. I mean, that's not in debate. I mean, the guy think, is. All right, I'll try this again. To give you a chat, Damo, who do you want stretching the
4: defense? Quez Watkins or uh, Devin Allen? Who's faster? Well, I mean –
7: You've got Devin Allen.
4: Allen. He's right there on the practice squad. you got a guy who wins gold medals.
5: sprinting. why didn't
4: you put him out there? That's the key is a guy who can just flat out go. Give me the faster guy. Devin
5: also took off from football for six years. I mean, you do have to be able to play. I I think you're downplaying – Quez is an NFL receiver. He's, uh, he's just well not a very. It's just not a very good one. Uh, or you know, I wouldn't even say that. He's fine as a fourth guy, or or yeah. a fifth guy. Um, he said he's a legit NFL player. Devin Allen's more of a developmental prospect, and it's not. At it's a, not at age just
4: twenty-seven. Joe, why is he here yeah. if he's still a developmental player at age twenty-seven?
8: That's a. Here, here, that's here, a good question. Here, this is my feeling. You know, I'm not as obsessed with a sl- a speedy slot receiver as Nick is. I mean, I want a guy that can catch the ball, never going to drop it, is going to, you know, is a good blocker, knows how to find space in zones. That's what I want out of a slot receiver. Right now, if I if I were that head coach,
5: I would have Greg Ward out there before I would have uh, uh, Quez Watkins in the slot. Yeah, they wouldn't. You, you remember. And, and this is why I know not that Nick is right, but Nick is telling the truth. He's not lying, that's what he wants. But um you remember uh the Giants game where um people went berserk because it looked like who was the receiver, Jody was open the Jalen Rager game where he dropped two passes. And Nick just I mean, it was went Smitty,
4: into it wasn't it when Smitty was a rookie. Uh
5: Nick just went into a, a dissertation about how they didn't get the right depth on the routes and all this about spacing, and it was it was Belichickian. He spent ten minutes saying, I "Remember that this has got." I it, he he really believes in this spacing aspect of his offense, and everything's got to be, you know, you got if it's eight yards, you got to be at eight yards, if yeah, uh, and and the open, and it makes the throws easier. And remember, the traffic guys are A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And they can't even get them to football consistently. Devontae caught one pass last week. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. So the fourth guy, and, and you you can now argue DeAndre Swift is the fourth guy. So you might even kick him down to the fifth guy. That's why I buy into his – and I know he's telling the truth. That's why he's out there, Quez. He's not – you know, because he's not producing – but it, it is meaningful for him because he believes that, And he used to be a receiver, obviously, at the college level. And he believes in, man, you got to be in the right spot, right depth at all times. He is but Can I ask you a quick
4: question? And then we gotta get Domo out of here because he's got more important things to do than talk to us. Um, <laughs> did That's did true. the coach show the breakdown of the route that Quez ran on Sunday against the Rams? Because they did show it on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and former Eagle Jason Avon pointed out that Quez Watkins do ran a bad route
5: and Jalen threw the ball. Oh, uh, he always head. runs bad routes. That's it. He ran a bad route, uh In that game, I was talking about playing and, 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 and the right game. Well, remember at the time, one of the issues with the, and I love Eagles fans, God bless them because I, I said before they acquired AJ Brown, there was all this hype and we were doing the show and Jody, you remember. And I said, they got to get better at second receiver. They got to get better. They got to get better. And they were like, no, Quez is fine. I said, no, he's not. No, he's not fine as a wide receiver too. Then you get A.J. Brown. Everything falls into place. Now it's different. As a third receiver, I got no problem with it. He's not catching the ball anyway. If he helps with the spacing, he helps with the spacing. If he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, and they'll go in a different direction.
4: Johnny Mac, but I, AJ, hope, I, I hope you're Devontae, 100% right, because the other thing Dallas. you got to remember, and you and I have been down this road, Tom will confirm this for me. We're one sprained ankle away from Oh, that's a different what, conversation. But don't you have to pack that either when you put your roster together? You well, have that, to have a safety net, don't you? Quest is a safety net with a big hole in the middle of it.
5: Well, the, I would argue then you ship to Alameda, And then Alameda jumps ahead of Quest. That's how I would do it. If, if yeah. I need traffic... I'm throwing it to Alameda more than I'm throwing it to Quez. Right, but but if I have AJ If Quez and Alamade
4: are on the field at the same time, who's outside? Which one's not in the slot? Well,
5: Quez is outside because well, Quez can run. Like I said, that um, would be
4: Quez replacing the injured AJ Brown and Devontae yeah.
5: Smith. Well, you, first of all, you can't replace great players. No, Nobody can replace AJ Brown. Tennessee couldn't replace him when he got hurt there. You can't replace. So you gotta make do. You gotta you gotta persevere like the Eagles have done with Josh Job when he's had to play at outside corner. He can't replace James Bradbury, he can't replace Darius Slade this week, but you gotta find a way to persevere. Um, and I think the Eagles have it built in that where if AJ suffers a sprained ankle, Alameday will get more traffic than Quez. But if AJ and Devontae are out there, they want Quez to for the spacing aspect. I that that's I believe the plan, uh, which I makes some it, sense to me to be honest.
8: My thing is, th- th- their number three receiver should be irrelevant. I mean, they've it they've, is they've started, irrelevant, that's my point, point is because he's not catching the ball, but yeah, uh, I mean, they are. This year you're seeing with Brian Johnson, they're throwing to the running backs, uh, Gainwell and uh, Swift. Swift had six catches Sunday. Yeah. As I put wrote in the, in the in the column at Jacob Sports, their receivers have 22% of their completions this year. Last year it was, it was 13. They've already got 25. Last year they had 48 the whole year. As the year goes on, they're going to be throwing more and more to these guys. They go with so many damn empty sets. Uh, yeah. They're going to use these guys in routes uh you know whether you got watkins there or in bermuda it doesn't matter uh yeah i mean they've got plenty of weapons they i mean they can they can afford to to have a guy that that doesn't know where the hell he is
4: all right domo jets eagles all-time record 12 wins for the eagles zero wins for the jets Is it going to 13-0, and 0 and uh, is this going to be a style points week, or would we going to be talking on Monday about style points don't matter, it's the NFL? How's it play out on Sunday, the two green teams going against each other?
8: You know, the Slay Carter injuries have me a little bit concerned. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to pick this as a close game. I mean, I think the Eagles are going to win it uh, because Zach Wilson's a quarterback, and they'll figure out a way to either – get a couple strip sacks or interceptions, but I think it's going to be a 2017 game Eagles. Oh, check out all his
4: info on jacobsports.com. Domo stack pack is a must read leading into the each, each and every single Eagle Sunday matchup. Domo. Thanks buddy.
5: Thanks. Buddy. Thank you guys. 33 30, 30 team as well. Make sure you read Domo there. birds report, the podcast I was on this week. He does a tremendous job on that. I got to run. I'm getting too wordy. I see Mark Barzette. I want to thank him. I got to throw to you, Jody. Twenty-four fourteen. I got the Eagles, and I got to do 24-14. some.
4: I got to write this down. Twenty-four fourteen.
5: Yeah, and I I got to do some business on air. Uh, Brian Cameron is going to be in an hour too. He's pushed back to nine thirty. He's got something he's got to do. So okay, you and Mark got to carry the load till nine thirty, and hopefully, she doesn't.
4: He, very good at talking. Yeah, he's very good. University. He's very he's good. Very at good at talking. It's Tremendous. He's really better at good, talking
10: than me. Really good I, attribute I to have watching. for
4: what he does yeah. for a living. So I yeah. don't. I think we'll be okay at that. All yeah. right, Johnny Mac. Safe travels. Twenty four fourteen birds.
10: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
4: Uh, 6 and 0 is where they're headed. All right. Uh, McMullen's out. Mark Farzetta, as formerly mentioned, will be in. Uh, Brian Cameron from phillysportsnetwork.com is going to join us, but not till 930. So you got to stick around and wait for him, right? Stay right there. Welcome back to Birds 365. Took a couple seconds more to keep my coffee than I thought it was going to. But well, we're ready to rock for our number two. Mark Forzetti in the big chair, filling in for Johnny Macchioli, hosts the Eagles pregame show here on Jacob Media, the Phillies postgame show on Jacob Media, the Farzie show. And he carves oh. out time for us every once in a while here on Birds 365. That was pretty fun
0: with the Phillies last night, wasn't it? Oh, baby, was that fun. A little edge of your seat. You had drama. You had home runs. You had the win. You had everything you needed right there, baby. Phillies back in the NLCS second straight year. I know I'm excited. I know everyone's excited. All of Philadelphia's excited. Jody, are you excited?
4: Yeah, so uh, no questions asked. Uh, in attendance for uh, not last night's game, the night before, my daughter, our daughter, and I are four and zero in playoff games that we attended and sat together in the Eagles' last wow. two postseason runs. So uh, uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, last <laughs> night was great on TV. The night it was just where they put a beat down on them was even more of a party atmosphere, which was great. But let me ask you one quick question: and Eagles fans on the stream, appreciate. It. We're getting back to the Eagles, promise. Um, but when I get here, I got to ask him at least one Philly's question. And it's going to make me look like a jerk. So those who don't like me will be perfectly fine with that. Is Nick Castellanos, who has been stone cold on fire, is he obtuse? Does he not give a flying you know what? Because when they try and interview him, he just like stares straight ahead and gives these kind of tough to decipher answers and questions guys when they don't ask questions you, you've been doing this for a long time i've been doing it for a long time you, you make a statement and you want someone to react to it i, I it just annoys the not me when i guy is there a question in there you just won the nlds and he can't just interpret what a guy is saying to him he does this all the time now he's stone cold on fire he's phenomenal Everybody loves his son, celebrating in the front row. and But is he
0: just a weird dude? <laughs> is Scooby-Doo a superhero? Because I don't think Scooby-Doo is a superhero, and I've never heard someone say he's a superhero until Nick Cassiano said he's not only a superhero, he's the greatest and his favorite superhero. So that doesn't make any damn sense. Um, aloof, I think it's a word. I think if Chase Utley said more what was on his mind he would be exactly like Nick Castellanos. Neither one wanted to say anything, but at least Nick Castellanos, at least
9: uh, uh, uh,
0: Chase Utley would give you an answer. He would take a setup. And yes, sometimes when you're doing an interview, you don't ask a question. You give a setup. This is nothing new with Nick Castellanos. He literally did this to their own announcer, Tom McCarthy, during the post game celebration when they clinched their wild card spot. And he also did it to Tom McCarthy last year when he was telling him how great he was. And Nick Cassiano says, uh, Is there a question in there? Same thing happened last night, as we all know. But here's the thing with Nick Castellanos. the guy gives good sound bites. I mean, you can't say, and he eventually what... gets around to them, but it's, well, like, yeah.
4: it's like pulling teeth. Well, but in the end, he can give you a decent sound bite. Uh,
0: we, you know, we, we always respond when we get punched in the face. I mean, that's a great soundbite.
4: It is. And like I said, uh, he he's capable of doing it, but it seems to take a while to get there. But yeah, again, yeah. And, and and I'm a jerk for raining on their parade. And uh, the Diamondback series should be great. and The Phillies could be back in the World Series. And Farzee will be doing post-games uh, for the rest of the month. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles and the Jets, Mark Farzetta. I had such high hopes for this being a great game. Got tickets. Going <sighs> up with my daughter. My one Jet game a year to go to. Take off. All my broadcast responsibilities on Sunday. Just sit and watch and enjoy the game. Why do I get the feeling that this is going to be a stinker on Sunday?
0: Oh, because it is. It is not going to be a good game. This is going to be a bad game if you're a Jets fan. This is going to be a... Fun
4: game, yeah.
0: But Darius
4: not practicing, might uh-huh. not play. Uh-huh. Jalen Carter not practicing, might not play. Yeah. You take your uh shots anyway you get them. And the fact that the Eagles may be undermanned on Sunday, mm-hmm. does that mean this game? Well, not necessarily did you watch? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you watched nothing but the Phillies last night. I had to watch a little of the Thursday game because I do a Twitter spaces thing at halftime. Uh, that was just an ugly football game. It, it was not enjoyable to watch. The little that I watched, I wanted to turn off. I wanted to turn off because I want to get back to the Phillies. But it was an ugly football game. I think this has a chance to be just an ugly football game Sunday at the Middle
0: uh, It certainly could. Um, I, I look at this game a little bit different. I look at this game where the 49ers have had – their 40 point performance the lions have had their 40 point performance god knows the cowboys have had their 40 point performance and i think this is going to be the eagles 40 point performance against this uh this jets defense sorry my friend nope. this is this is going to be an ugly one um wow. for multiple reasons and yeah you know why darius Slay are practicing because they're not have to that's a big reason why uh you know why jalen carter came up with an ankle injury all of a sudden because he'll be okay if he doesn't practice before this game i i i love the fact. That Usually I'm terrified at the idea of being overconfident ahead of a game. I bask in the idea of being overconfident about this Jets game. And I'll, and I'll tell you, it's more specifically as a, to why, my dear friend, Jody Mack. <sighs> this should be a game where the Eagles uh, you know, uh, could overlook an opponent. They could. Uh, we talked about the term trap game. I think you only term trap games for home games, I believe it is. More, this could more, be
4: yeah, a- 90% of the
0: time it's a trap game. Okay. For home game, yeah. uh, so, so, uh, that's fair. Um, But Robert Salah said something about giving the quarterback kisses that um, makes me think the Eagles are going to say, yeah, go ahead and pucker up because we're going to have some fun with this game. And I think this is going to be a statement game uh, for the Eagles uh, doing exactly what they're supposed to do. It's one of those – this is a game where you can talk about statements, you can talk about letdowns, you can talk about – I like to refer to this kind of game as a prove-it game. Like you are supposed to be miles better than the New York Jets. Miles are better than the Zach Wilson led New York Jets. Prove it. Go put up a forty-two to thirteen performance. Go do something like that against this New York Jets team that uh, you know it has the rest of the league going. Oh, I know it's the Jets, but damn, that was something. Um, ha- go out, go out there and have that forty-point performance. That's what yeah. I think. That's how I think the Eagles were looking at. Okay, i I'm, I'm not seeing
4: them put up forty points because despite the fact that it. In a couple of the statistical categories, the Jets overall defense is not rated that high. Most of it has to do to one really bad performance where the Cowboys just went up and down the field against them, flat out, destroyed them. And the Jet defense, just in general, is overly taxed because the Jet offense doesn't move the football. And they're on the field a whole hell of a lot. And I do think it's gonna be a massive disparity between time and possession between the Eagles and the Jets on Sunday. Mm. But they do have some talented players on defense. They oh they yeah, have, sure. They have talent, and on any given Sunday, when you have talent, you can put together a decent defensive effort. That's why I'm telling you, uh uh-huh. th- this this could turn into a punt fest for Zetty. You got a 40 spot going mm. up. I, I think it could be a battle of the punters. All right.
0: Well, maybe. But here, let me ask this. Uh, what's the best part of the Jets' defense? Probably their two corners, Reed yeah. and, and Sauce Gardner. So they are phenomenal. They are uh, phenomenal this year at defending against wide and, receivers. And, but, the two,
4: and the two Williams brothers in the middle, Quincy and Quinnen. They're, they're good inside and outside. they got talent all over the place. They they're, just
0: yeah, sure, sure. They're going up against the best offensive line of football. Um, so that kind of, I think is still a win for the Eagles, but if you look at, I think the biggest mismatch in all of this, so their cornerbacks are something at a rate of like 77, uh, a a passer rating of 77 when they're defending against wide receivers, which is seventh best in the NFL where they're not so great at. And the Eagles have certainly had this experience as well as not being good against the tight ends. We certainly have learned that over the course of this season. I didn't know they were second best. Going into the game against the Rams last week, they were the second worst. Excuse me, second worst team against the against defending against tight end. The the New York Jets are 22nd in the league at defending against the tight end. So if you're going to have shut down wide receivers against these stud wide receivers, and let's just let's just say that's a win for the Jets, which it could be. You better have a pretty damn good tight end to throw the ball to. And you pretty well better have a pretty damn good running back to throw the ball to out of the backfield as well. Oh, yeah. And a quarterback that can break off runs left and right against one of the worst teams against defending against a quarterback run in the league. And the Eagles have that counterpoint or counterpunch to a pretty good left hook that the Jets have against many other NFL teams. All right, uh, Mr. 42-13, 42-13. Mr. Slightly overconfident Eagle fan here. Uh, the Eagles' uh, best offensive line in football? You just said that, right? That's out loud, into the microphone, for the audience and yourself, yes.
4: Why did the Eagles, and I'm going to be kind here and say struggle instead of suck, <laughs> why did the Eagles struggle in the red zone with the best offensive line in football?
0: Like, uh, was it, Brian Snicker said last night, hey, how come you can't beat the Phillies in the playoffs but you beat them all the time in the regular season? Yeah, I, I wish I had the answer to that. Okay. Jody, I wish I had the that, answer that, that. to that. Uh, at least you're honest. I appreciate yeah, that. I'm honest, modest, but they're, I mean, in this game, I don't think they're even going to need the red zone. They'll be 50-yard bombs left and right. But anyway, uh, no, I'm kidding. But um, yes, I don't know why they struggle in the red zone. I, if I had to dartboard it, it would be an inexperienced play caller. Um, they have the talent. They have a better offense than they did last year. I think DeAndre Swift is a big reason for that. I think it's got to be the play caller above I, all else. I'll give you my answer. And okay.
4: it uh, usually gets frowned upon by my usual partner when I, when he's here. So we'll see if you uh, go down the same road. Uh, the the guest we had last week kind of came home. Uh Well, no, I disagreed with him too. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell has not been good this year. Plain and simple, Jody McDonald talent evaluation. Five mm. games in, Kenny Gainwell has not been good. Yeah. Yet when they get in the red zone, the Eagles—they started the season this way with him starting week one and Andre DeAndre Swift getting all of one touch. Um, and still to the here week number six, he seems to be the preferred choice when they get to the red zone. Why? What, what is it that Kenny Gainwell brings to the table that the Eagles keep going back to? Yeah, but we got to get Kenny in the high leverage spot. Yeah, we got to get Kenny in the red zone. Why? DeAndre Swift is just a better player. Now, both John and, and Dama went down the road of be careful because you're using Swift a lot. And he's never had this kind of workload before. And I can understand that if that's the case. Why not save his carries for the red zone? If if we're going to uh, limit what we're going to give as far as Swift, what we're going to feed him, I want to feed him in the wow. red zone, not Kenny Gainwell. Why are the Eagles continuing to pound Gainwell in the red zone?
0: I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And when you talk about the enigma of the red zone, that is an excellent point to bring up, Jody. I can't, for the life of me, understand this um, rooting for Kenny Gainwell over DeAndre Swift in the red zone and Alameda Zacchaeus not getting more targets. More targets. I'm not talking about playing time. I understand you want to stretch the field with Quez Watkins, but I don't understand how Quez Watkins is getting more targets than Alameda Zacchaeus. When you have seen DeAndre Swift show you he can dominate, and you have seen Alameda Zacchaeus show you that he can make clutch catches downfield. That to me, the proof is in the pudding. You have opportunities here to change things. And make sure that you're even more of a potent team. A more potent 5-0 and undefeated team. I-, I would like to take advantage of some of these opp- uh, other opportunities. And I know people are pointing it out in the chat as well. There's been some missed throws in the end zone. There's been some drop passes in the end zone. But overall, the grand scheme of things, what's the constant, Jody? It's the play calling. It's the personnel. Nine times out of ten, you get the play calling and the personnel right. You're going to score more touchdowns in that red zone. So, I don't understand why the Eagles haven't cracked that code yet. They seem to have this, um, I don't know if it's bias or, or told you so type of uh, defect mentally when it comes to making sure Kenny Gainwell gets his love and uh, the, um, Quez Watkins gets his love too when it comes to the amount of targets. Those are two enigmas about the Eagles' offense that if they change them, I guarantee they'd be much better in the red zone. All right, defense side of the ball, and again
4: – not much of a challenge coming up because the jets offense is limited as long as Zach Wilson is the quarterback and he will be again this Sunday. So I'm not uh, saying the Eagles fans should have fear of the Eagles defense coming into this week, but if they're going to, if he's actually hurt and we don't know how hurt uh, the Eagles top cornerback is, John said he was talking to Slade after the game on Sunday and, he showed no inclination to being bothered at all by an injury coming out of the game. And although John didn't say it, I said it. Um, if they're going load management that, you know, Slay, we really don't need you against the jets. Uh, the next week against the dolphins, we're going to need you pretty big. So why don't you just go ahead and take this way, this way off this uh, week off. Mm. Um, no sleigh and the chance that there's no Jalen Carter, it comes out of nowhere, the misses practice yesterday. Those are two of their best defense players. Nobody is going to question. It. I know it's mm-hmm. only five games into the Jalen Carter era, but oh my God, have they been a dominant five games. Is the Eagle defense going to be challenged even against a bad offensive team like the Jets <sighs> on Sunday just because they could be missing key pieces?
0: So my biggest concern going into this game, if, like, if it being real, okay, so let's say, ob- obviously, the best part of the Jets, I believe, is their secondary and what they're able to do to wide receivers. After that, I don't want this Eagles defensive line looking at Zach Wilson, who gets sacked at least twice a game on average, as if he is that raw piece of meat hanging in the lion's den. And they get so focused on that that they forget about Brees Hall and they abandon, you know, trying to get after the run and they just try to get after the quarterback time and time again because they get they know they can get after Zach Wilson. They know he can bring him down. They know he's an easy target. Just don't forget about Brees Hall because if he's just starting to get going and 177 yards last week, um, might indicate he's starting to get going a little bit. My biggest concern is that they focus too much on getting after the quarterback and forget about the run game. Their run defense has been good. Their run defense has been pretty stout. But when it comes to Brees Hall, you can't forget about him because he will run past you. He'll run past the blitz. The rare occasion you do dial up that blitz. The Eagles, even a game against, not against Zach Wilson. You look at all their games leading up to this point, you're talking about a team that gets after the quarterback at a 40% rate, which I believe is top five to 10 in the NFL. Uh, so that's pretty damn good. I don't want to forget about Brees Hall. That, to me, could be the difference maker in this game.
4: And something, again, we probably won't find out till Sunday is whether N'Kobe Dean is going to be activated for this game. They opened up his practice window. He did his four weeks on the injured reserve uh, list. Um, They could have activated him yesterday. They chose to activate their punter instead. They're not going to go down the, yeah, we'll cut this guy next and uh, just churn the punters one by one by one uh, throughout the season. And man has been okay. He hasn't been anything special. He hasn't been bad, but he's he's okay. Um, so they gotta, they're going to have to make a roster move. They're going to have to relieve someone of their roster spot if they're going to activate the Kobe. You think they're looking to give him another
0: week? I think so, and I hope so. Um, this is really? something, Jody, Jody, I didn't – I didn't think I'd be saying this five weeks into the season in the assumption. Like, if anyone ever spitballed it and said that Kobe Dean was going to be injured, whatever. Um, Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, has bought the Eagles some time at the linebacker position. They have not been terrible. Morrow is, what, the fourth uh, highest rated uh, by pro football focus yeah. uh, linebacker? I, They've bought N'Kobe Dean time. I do believe there will be a transition when Nicobe Dean is 100% healthy and comes back to play where he ends up taking over the starters reps and he ends up taking more snaps. I don't think it's going to be immediate because, again, these linebackers with Cunningham and Morrow and this defensive line has bought the linebacker position some time for N'Kobe Dean to get healthy. So I'm going to wait patiently. I think the Eagles are going to play this patiently. They don't need him back right now for this game. They have time. I If it was up to me, this is the way I laid it out when the news broke that he was uh, activated for the 21-day practice window. Pump the brakes. Take your time. No need to rush him back right now, and that's something I sure as hell did not expect to say at the start of the season when viewing the uh, linebacker position from afar. And let
4: this be on the record. This was John McMullen who said this in our number one, not Jody McDonald, but I agree with him 100%. Could have just as easily been me. If you're going to bring N'Kobe back, Mark Parzetta, just 20 minutes. It's the Jets. Come on, Jets. We don't need Slay. We don't. It's the Jets. Get (laughs) N'Kobe back in there. Yes. Get that rust off. Get him a game before next week against the Dolphins and maybe the most prolific offense in the NFL come to town. Don't you think it could be advantageous to get N'Kobe some snaps?
7: Yeah,
0: I didn't I I never, I already know Jody. I am pouring on the disrespect to the New York Jets. I so I'd like to stop short I mean, of I'm, it's I'm nice doing, to have I'm, a, I'm doing the same here because Johnny said it. I'm going like, you got a point, John. Yeah, maybe that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to come off too much like oh this is nice to have a preseason game six weeks into the season, you know, a nice little break for everybody. Don't have to take a game too seriously. No, I don't I want to stop short of that. Um
4: I, I the reason I don't have a problem with it is it's Zach Wilson. i think the jets are gonna come and i think they're gonna play some defense i don't think they're gonna roll over like a puppy dog Zach wilson stinks Uh, he stunk from the day he put jet green on it hasn't changed it hasn't got any better last week if Brees hall doesn't go for a buck 77 they don't need to beat a god-awful team like denver if they don't pick up bryce Hall, Brees Hall, some all picks it up goes in it's got nothing to do with their quarterback you can go ahead and disrespect Zach Wilson all you want, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. And as and far as I'm concerned, Jalen Carter, man, if he is playing in this game, which I do expect him to play in this game. You do think he's going to play. Yeah. This Eagles defensive line. The only thing that scares me that was so abrupt, like all of a sudden he's popped up with an ankle injury and didn't practice. Like, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound great. But I, I think he's going to power through, tape that up shoot him up and he's going to be out there playing i don't think they're going to let anybody i don't think he's going to let anybody tell him not to play fletcher cox also being healthy for this game is a, is a great sign as well but i think this defensive line is going to go after zach wilson like zach wilson goes goes after cougars come on anyway uh yeah i think it's going to be an easy one there, there for the uh for the uh, eagles uh, I do think that could very well be the case, but it'll
4: be more so because of the Jets' offensive ineptitude than it will be the Jets' defense, which I think will come with a decent effort on side. That's why so I think it's going to be a low-scoring, probably less than double-digit competitive game. It, as far as the, I know you know you've been watching football long enough. You're watching a game. You're looking at the score. You're realizing that the score is telling you that it's a competitive game, but you're also watching the game. You're going, yeah, but it's really not competitive. They're dominant. Kind of like the Ram game last Sunday. Once the second half started, once the Eagles just kept pounding the ball down their throat, giving the Rams no chance whatsoever. Did you ever, the scoreboard still said one score game. Eagles could have lost that game to the Rams mid third quarter, late third quarter.
0: Did you have the feeling that the Eagles could lose that game? Cause I didn't No control control. The only thing, uh, because it was the Rams, the only thing that made me think twice about it was the idea that a lot of the Rams games, this to this point, whether through five games or through four games at that point came down to the fourth quarter. They were in those games in the fourth quarter. Their offense really didn't start clicking until the fourth quarter. And I knew with Cooper cup being back and Puka Nakua playing as well as he's been playing, that they could have a quick strike defense, but the Eagles just kept coming up with answers. Hassan Reddick got going three sacks in the last two games, as we all know by now. Uh, So, but no, I I just felt like the Eagles were in control of that game from start to finish. So yeah, you're right. It could be that type of game here against the jets where you're always up 10, 13 points. You always feel like you're in control. The Eagles are in control of this game and the jets don't really stand a chance. It's closer than the the score indicates a closer game than it really is. That, That could certainly be the case here, but I, I just see the Eagles getting their 40 spot this week. Yeah.
4: When Stafford threw that late interception uh, or or, no one late um, third quarter interception. Yeah. I I just had no uh, worries that the Eagle defense was going to give it up. They had already kicked in at that point and had a uh, pretty significant lead at that point. Sometimes you just get a a feel for the game. All right. uh, Jalen hurts this week. This was a big topic earlier in the week. We haven't really touched on it today. We saw Jalen Hurts come back as Jalen Hurts, the runner, this past week. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was by design of the offense? A bunch of his runs came with him just taking off when uh, the first, second option in the pass play wasn't there. Or do you think Jalen Hurts made a self-determination that, Too many people are talking about me not being able to run. I got to show them this is BS. I can take off and make a play with my left. Ran through tackles, ran aggressively as compared to tentatively, as I said last week. Um, Do you think that was by design or do you think that was Jalen going, yeah, I need to make a statement? Um,
0: I think... Sometimes what they say in the media is real. And sometimes what they say is just wildly fake. Like the Eagles not intentionally getting Dallas Goddard the ball on that opening to drive. Oh no, it's just the way it worked out. I don't believe you. Jalen hurts running more. I don't think has anything to do with being with, with what is being said in the media. Um, I agree with what you said that he looked tentative. He definitely looked tentative in this game against the Rams. He did not. I think it's a product of, Circumstance of coincidence that it became a storyline, and all of a sudden, I don't think that guy gives a damn what we talk about in the media. I don't think going into a game that's affecting the way he plays, if his passing numbers are the way they've been three straight games over 275 yards, getting into the end zone, having the connection that he has with AJ Brown, I don't think he cares about his running aspect of the game. Um, I know conventional wisdom says the opposite, but I think with Jalen Hurts, opportunities presented itself. Uh, you saw him brush off a hit, be able to get that first down against the Rams where it looked like his ankle snapped in two and somehow just popped right back into place. Um, he definitely looked more aggressive. I will say that. But I, with Jalen Hurts, I just don't think that, that factors in to his decisions on game day.
4: Yeah, you and I are going to disagree on this one. Yeah,
0: you? I thought so. And he's
4: doing the slide thing for the first four weeks, and now all of a sudden he's running through tackles. <laughs> Something changed. Sure, You don't think it's in Jalen's mindset. Yeah, I do. And the only reason why it would would be because he either looked at the statue and said, Oh shoot, I'm not running for Diddley this year. Or he actually heard some people notice that he wasn't running and mentioning it to the media. And oh, by the way, the coach defending it after the fact going, Did y'all say he couldn't do it anymore? First of all, <laughs> when did Sirianni come from down south and go to y'all? I, I I'm still trying to comprehend that. And, yeah, nobody in the media said he couldn't do it anymore. We were questioning why he wasn't doing it this year. Well, you don't have to question it anymore because Jalen went out there and said, I'll run
0: anytime I want. And he did. Ran uh, down the Rams' throat. And All right, him Mac. Real quick, two Joey, two, sorry, Joey, sorry, right. two things. two things. One thing, Patrick Mahomes running more than ever in his career this season. Nobody's talking about it. I had be uh, over 21 and a half yards last oh, year. I Oh, yeah. And then I want to correct myself. I said top 10 in quarterback pressures at 40%, top six, Mescuzi. The Eagles are top six pressuring the quarterback 42. Po- excuse me, 40.2% of the time. Sixth best in the NFL. And the Jets offensive line is A, not good, and B,
4: not healthy. Yeah, they should be able to get some pressure against the uh, <laughs> I
0: thought. I thought you were gonna say ass. I thought you were gonna say Jets offensive line, straight not ass.
4: Good, not healthy, bad <laughs> combo. Facing the Eagles defensive line pressure this week. All right. Uh, quickie timeout. Come back. Brian Cameron, our bud from fullysportsnetwork.com Going to hop in with us for a couple minutes here on a football Friday on birds. Three Sixty Five. 65.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
6: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a good play calling
2: along the way. First goal at the sixth.
3: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
8: staffing is not easy but that's what we do every day all day the key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
9: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
8: Soganow helps kids in under resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
9: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at
1: Rafferty.
4: We got Mack and Mark here with you on Birds 365. We got uh, Brian Cameron from uh, phillysportsnetwork.com to jump in for a couple minutes. Thank you very much for uh, giving us some of your time, Brian. Here's where I want to go first, because I'm getting beat up here on our stream. Um, A plus to F. You know what A plus means? You know what F means? Grade the play of Kenny Gainwell so far in the first five games of
7: the season this year for the Philadelphia. Sorry about that, guys. Um, The audio was completely off, and I, I only heard greater play of Kenny Gainwell. That's what you asked Yes, that's, that's all you needed <laughs> to hear. That's exactly um, what I I'm asked, yes. not ask about that. I'm, I'm not a big fan of when Kenny touches the ball as of late. Um, Sorry, I had to turn my microphone off, so I'm just going full rogue on my iPad. But Kenny Gainwell, I mean, it's – it's interesting, right? They they start off the season with giving him a bulk of the carries, kind of making him seem like he was going to be the the bell cow for the most part. Um, and then he went down with the injury. But coming back, it's just you don't see much coming out of him when he does have the ball in his hand, as you see with DeAndre Swift or even Boston Scott when Boston Scott was um was actually before he um, he got concussed. Um, so it's it's a little concerning to see what what I'm seeing from Kenny Gamble in my opinion, just the R S per carry arm aspect. But I'm I'm curious to see what the approach with the running back room is, just from the simple perspective. We we have yet to see Rashad Penny do anything. We haven't seen Boston Scott since he um, had the concussion, and it's been mostly been DeAndre Swift. I'm gonna piggyback on uh, Jody's question here because we were sh- you know shooting out ideas here about
0: what was going on in the red zone and why so many struggles with so many weapons. It just doesn't seem to add up. And Kenny Gainwell seems to be getting a lot of the touches in the red zone. So why do you think, what is your personal theory as to why the Eagles have struggled so much with red zone efficiency?
7: I think they're not, for lack of a better term, they're not being ballsy enough in the red zone. I think we're playing a little too casual, a little too um, restricted in my, in my sense. I feel like Jalen, you know, start the season was a little restricted in the pass game as well. Um, in the red zone, you have targets like A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. And it's, it's just a matter of my thing is I think Brian Johnson and the coaching staff are just overthinking what they can do in the red zone and just not letting things just fly. I mean, you're in the early parts of the season. You have to make mistakes. It's going to happen. You just got to go out and let it happen.
4: I right, uh, Do you have any idea how Jalen Carter got hurt? Because he was perfectly fine to practice a couple of days ago. He shows up to practice yesterday, not participating, no uh, information, just out. it doesn't count him out for Sunday's game yet, but it was kind of uh, surprising for him to not be there yesterday. More there than meets the eye. Did you notice him getting hurt? I know you're only limited the amount of time you can have in practice. A little surprised that Jalen Carter was not a participant in Eagle practice yesterday. If he can't go, how big a loss is that uh,
7: for the Eagles against the Jets this week? It's definitely a big surprise, um, especially, you know, not seeing him – I mean, not seeing him in any kind of pain after the game um, whatsoever. Um, but I, it's, it will be a huge loss, right? I don't want to undermine what he's done for the season, right? But also don't want to undermine what they've done with this defensive line rotation. Um, Milton Williams has played a, a big role. Uh, Fletcher Cox has played a big role. He'll be back. Um, Jordan Davis is coming into his own, and has kind of been in the shadow of Jalen Carter for the most part. But I, I don't see Jalen Carter missing this game. I feel like the, the, the weird scratch is just – it is, in my opinion, a little bit random, um, but I – I'd be surprised if he misses the game against the Jets. How uh, serious are you taking this game? I know you never disrespected an opponent, all
0: that stuff. Say all the right things, blah, blah, blah. Like, what is your confidence level that the Eagles will come away as a 6-0 football team? And I'm not asking for your predictions just yet, but just
7: overall your confidence level on this game. So at first, I respected the Jets. Um, I thought, you know, <laughs> if, if they, they were, you know – and not to, not to go back to the Aaron Rodgers stuff, right? But, I mean, I just feel like they're well- to, How do you not go back to the Aaron Rodgers? It's freaking Jack Wilson who's going to bite the Jets this week. I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like Salah coming out saying that they're going to give Jalen 11 kisses was kind of the wrong move to piss off the wrong guy and piss off the wrong rock locker room. When you have a team like the Eagles where their culture is just, they're just so together in sync with each other, where you piss off one guy, you're going to piss off the whole team. Um it's, it's yeah I'm very overconfident for the Eagles at this point.
4: <laughs> you and you and Parzetta both there. I actually <laughs>
7: think the Jet defense can
4: give a decent effort, but they'll do very little on offense. All right, on the Eagles' defense side, we talked about Carter, Darius Slay also out of practice. um Coming to surprise, John said he talked to him in the locker room after the game on Sunday, and he seemed perfectly fine. Maybe he hurt himself on that long flight across the country on the way home. uh If Slay can't go. Just plug in Job, who has been okay when they moved Bradbury into the slot. Not earth-shattering, but not awful either. They played Ricks a little bit last week in the slot because they didn't know if uh, the new guy was going to be up to speed enough to be able to handle a full load. Uh, They still got Kaylee Ringo here. We know he's been very good on special teams, but he can't get on the field Mm. uh, for any cornerback snaps. How's it gonna break down if Slay is out of the lineup? Who takes his place?
7: I think it's Josh Job, um, hands down. Uh he's like you said, he hasn't been spectacular, but he hasn't been terrible either. Um he's I think he's more than capable. Um a year under the the eagle system and coming into this season, I had I had quite a Decent amount of expectations for him. Um, I think the one Eagle signed him, it was, it was a great signing for an undrafted free agent. And I think he's definitely more than capable to take the, take the role, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, you have Garrett Wilson on the other side. You have Miko. Well, if Miko plays right. Um, it'll be definitely interesting, but I think he's more than capable of holding his own, especially with Bradley Roby in the slot. Uh, so, one thing, to go back to your question
0: or your answer there about the red zone, one thing you had said about this Eagles offense is Brian Johnson, maybe Nick Sirianni, overthinking it a little bit. Now, they're going to be facing, and I've given this credit to the to the uh, to the Jets because they deserve it. Their their secondary is pretty stacked. They do a great job, especially, and particularly against wide receivers uh, at this point this season. What is, what is Brian Johnson going to do against that secondary? How do they compete against that secondary? How do they enforce their will against that secondary for a guy that you say might be overthinking it a little bit, especially in the red zone, like Brian Johnson?
7: What do they do against the Jets in this game? You trust Dallas Goddard. I think that's the the, the, um, the, the answer to everything. In uh, the beginning of the season, you saw the passing game be limited. Um, in I, my opinion, I thought it was because they didn't have somebody to stretch the field like Quez Watkins. But in the red zone, that's Dallas Goddard's territory, and you have to trust that he's going to find a way to be open um and i think brian johnson's thinking was hey how do i feed everybody how do, how do i feed devontae smith a.j brown how do i get the, the running backs to ball um i think at this point it's just a matter of let jalen do what he, he do what he does you trust Dallas got in the, in the red zone you trust a.j brown in the red zone you get devontae smith involved because you don't want him um, going cold at all this season and he just you just let it rip all right let me uh go a little further on that
4: because We've already seen two examples of this with the Eagles this year. Week one, Dallas Goddard, one target. One for the entire game. So uh, we're all befuddled going into week number two. And what happens? They come out, they throw the ball together. I think he had six targets in the first half. Ended the game with seven. Didn't have a whole hell of a lot of yards. I questioned the whole type of usage they had for him. Uh, Yeah, you want Dallas Goddard doing a two-yard Pattern that makes no sense to me, but they did throw the ball to him a lot. He got a lot of targets, got a bunch of catches, just not a lot of yards. AJ Brown on the sideline having a quasi heated discussion with his teammate that Nick Sirianni tried to fake that he had no idea what anybody was talking about, except they caught him on video being right in the middle of it. uh And sure enough, within the next couple of plays, AJ Brown's getting the ball. So when it's been very easy to determine a guy's been underfed. The Eagles usually address it shortly thereafter. So Devontae Smith not getting the ball at all. Well, very little on Sunday against the Rams, one catch. Um, Just history tells us it looks like they should be looking to expand uh, Smith's role this week. But the Jets do have good cornerbacks. Am I overstating that the uh, offensive coordinator acknowledges and reacts to guys who have small activity weeks? following week thereafter is Devontae smith going to be a guy who's going to get the ball a lot this weekend
7: do you guys remember when um when all of philadelphia was screaming at doug peterson to run the ball with gary blunt in the backfield and i don't know where we saw gary blunt averaging over 10 10 um, carries a game it's it's been always a theme with the eagles um i feel like they have their um their post on the the fan base and they know what you know what's expected of them and he's due for a big game i mean Devontae smith you saw his um you saw the way he kind of carried himself, you know, up and down the field against um, the Rams, where he, he kind of just, you know, looked nostalgic. Like, he looked like, what the hell's going on? Um, yes, they are a team that, are, that you know, they don't, they're not about individual stats, but at the end of the day, Devontae Smith is a big playmaker. And you need, if you want to win, you need to involve your big playmakers. I, I would definitely expect him to have a big game against the Jets would love to see it. Um, would absolutely love
0: to see it. And I, I don't want to harp on one thing, but I feel like it's the biggest concern going into this game outside anything that has to do with an injury. Um, I think in the Buccaneers game, we saw um, – or excuse me, not the Buccaneers game. Um, uh, I'm blanking on it now, but in week five, I thought we saw – Yeah, the, the commanders. Commanders, commanders, commanders. Thank you. I think we saw the best and the worst of Brian Johnson in that particular game. And I think when it comes to the questions, Sean Desai answered whether or not he's a good defensive coordinator, I feel, in this game against the Rams. The way he made the adjustments, the way he is blitzed at a higher rate, the way that his, uh, his linebackers and his defensive line have been able to get after it. I think Jalen Carter obviously makes a huge difference there. But I think it has been the two biggest questions in the offseason for me were Sean Desai and um, Brian Johnson. So when I look at Brian Johnson, I still have a lot of questions surrounding him. We talk about confidence level all the time, but I'm waiting to see a more consistent game plan, especially with the obvious, the red zone there with Brian Johnson. Can you give me maybe a positive and a negative from something you have seen from Brian Johnson this season that lets you think, all right, you know what? He's at least figuring it out and this offense will find its way with him as their playing caller and get back to the
7: the the, the rate they were at with a guy like Shane Steichen. It's hard to give a big positive, right? um But I do think against the Rams, where you saw the the underneath passes, um, and instead of the the long ball being a a, a thing, um was definitely a, a step in the right direction. We've seen them kind of just you know, on the fly. Where against the Vikings, DeAndre Swift was just the star of the game. They they ran the ball, they ran to their strengths. um But it's hard to really, you know, to say that you've seen a big leap made like what Sean decide did last week. Decide adjusted on the fly and. His secondary, who had the biggest question mark on them, they they held, I think, the Rams, what, 81 yards in the second half, when I'm mistaken? Mm. Um And they held uh, Cooper Cup to no, I think, either one reception or no receptions in that second half. I think two receptions, 25 yards okay. in the second half. Yeah. That's a huge adjustment from a guy that was torching you in the first half. Um, we have yet to see Brian Johnson do that. Yeah, we've seen him kind of script, you know, Dallas Goddard into the game, script AJ Brown into the game. But um, it's a matter of, you know, I feel like Johnson is looking at it as like he's playing chess, but you're actually playing checkers in this in this regard. It, it's simpler than, than than it has to be for him. Um, I hope so. I love yeah. I love that I love that idea of the overthinking it, and because
0: that can be corrected eventually. Correct. But I, I I like the line of thinking here. I'm sorry to interrupt it, but yeah, I think that's that's
7: a great way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the best way to put it at this point. Um, if he's gonna make a make a leap, I think this week is the, the way to do it. When you have uh, the the opposing head coach talking about, you know, putting 11 kisses on your quarterback. You want to show out, protect your quarterback, but also put, you know, put um put Salah's money where his mouth is. All
4: right. Uh, th- this is a question I'm almost loath to ask, but I think it's legit this weekend with the situation and circumstance. And it is. The Eagles are 5-0. There's only two 5-0 teams in football. They've already got a lead in the division, Um, and it could be expanding this week because Dallas has a tough game in LA against the Chargers. So you could go to three and, uh, go a three game up if the Cowboys fall to three and three. Um, so they're in good, they're in very good shape. They're playing a team that they're a significant favorite against. Mm -hmm. There's always this balancing act between trying to win the game in front of you, the coaching staff being dedicated to that. And oh, by the way, we saw that a lot last year with the fact that the Dean never got snaps. And I was even critical of that. I think yeah, I, there's, I'd always prefer to be in the moment than worry about the future. But sometimes you can go too far in one direction. You try and give the general manager what he wants to to work with. In a long, round, and about way, here's my question. Does Derek Barnett play this week for showcase purposes? Do you get... Derek Barnett, a couple extra snaps just in case he get in there and get a sack and somebody sees it on tape goes, yeah, we'll give you a six-round pick, fam. What the hell? Let's get that done. Does the coaching staff, depending on what the scoreboard says, uh, lean a little bit more heavily on Derek Barnett this week because the Eagles are ready to move on from him at the trade deadline?
7: I don't know. Um, It's funny. I saw him um, get a snap either last week or the week before, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's still part of the team. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's just, it feels like Derek Barnett is a is a product of Howie that how he doesn't want to really give up on yet. Um, just for simple matters, like, hey, I drafted this guy. Like, he, he has to give me something kind of thing. But if they are to make a move, it wouldn't surprise me if a team like, you know, the team we're facing this week wants to give up a, a late round pick for Derek Barnett because Joe Douglas was around Barnett. Um, I wouldn't see him getting much snaps, especially with the way Josh Sweat is playing, with the way um, Hassan Reddick is finally coming into his own. Uh, it'd be surprising, but... Yeah, he's still part of the team,
0: right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I had the same so. thought when I looked at snap count after the game. I went, oh yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> you, I, you know I, I saw okay.
4: you know what I saw when I looked at that. Oh, he gets more snaps than Nolan Smith. Why?
0: Yeah, that's true. Why? That's true. Well, because Nolan Smith's shoulder apparently works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> which was a, a weird thing to say after I think the first game of the season.
7: Um, it feels like Josh Swett all over again with the knee issue. when he first Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what? I hope it has the, the same ending. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, as far as um, uh, Devontae Smith goes, Jody referenced earlier the conversation on the sideline with uh, A.J. Brown that apparently wasn't about targets, whatever. Since then, A.J. Brown has been getting all the targets. I saw something similar but in a different set of emotion with Nick Sirianni and it's a term that Jeff Lurie has used before emotional intelligence and I thought Nick Sirianni showed that he put his arm around Devontae Smith he was talking to him and trying to say hey man you're still very much part of this offense we're going to get going at least that's what I assume that's what I read that situation and I think it's pretty easy to read that similar to what it was with AJ Brown so we could talk about how good the secondary is of the Jets and what they do to wide receivers and all that we can talk about how good AJ Brown has been but It took a while to get uh, Dallas Goddard involved in this offense, especially in the red zone. How confident are you that you could see a guy like Devontae Smith really start to see those high numbers that we've been seeing from A.J. Brown? Because if you look at maybe the best wide-receiving combo that they've seen, it was a win for the Jets. It was against Gabe Davis, and it was against Stephon Diggs in the first game of the season. They held their own, 130 yards through the air just to those two guys. I think it was over 100 to Diggs, and then it was 30 to uh, Davis. This is the best wide-receiving core they're seeing since then. So the opportunity is at least there for the Eagles to be using both wide receivers here. But how much do you think it's going to be on Devontae Smith's shoulders to carry this
7: offense in the passing game? I think 70-30, if I'm looking at it, honestly. Um, I think Smitty has the advantage because he's not going to draw Sauce Gardner so much. Um, AJ, you know, you're going to see him get the ball. You're going to see him make the the right catches. But I feel like he's going to have more of a – it's not Emmanuel Forbes you're going to get up against, right? You're, you're going up against Saucer Garner who's proven himself. Now, on the other side, uh, I forget his first name. I know his last name is Reed. I know he has a, he's, he's very quick, yeah. right? Um, and I feel like Devontae Smith is – with Devontae Smith, when you throw up the ball, you know he's coming down with it, I feel like. That's, that's the type of receiver he is. No matter where the ball is, he's coming down with it. He's doing something with the ball as well. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts still has the utmost confidence confidence in him. But I, I feel like it's going to be 70-30 um, Devontae going into this game. All right, Farzee
4: ferreted it out of you right at the top, so we'll let you go a little bit more in-depth here. Um, you're leaning toward the Eagles getting to 6-0. and You're not alone there. We can guarantee you that. Um, the Fill in the blank. The main reason the Eagles will stay undefeated in this game against the Jets on Sunday is what? What individual, what aspect of the game? The main reason the Eagles walk out uh, having not lost the game
7: after the Jet game on Sunday is blank. I mean, the Eagles once had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts in um in the in the field, right? <laughs> um, I feel like this defensive line is a lot more fiercer. Uh, Hassan Reddick is, like I say, he's coming into his zone. It's great to see him do his thing. But Josh Sweat is, I think, at seven pressures or six pressures in the last game. Um, he's he's not spoken about enough, right? This defensive line, I think, they get to Zach Wilson um more often than not, and I think that's the reason that they win this game. Um, I see the Eagles possibly putting around between twenty-one to to twenty um twenty-four points and keeping the Jets at a low-scoring um, low scoring rate. But, yeah, I think the Philly wins because of the defensive line. Yeah, I
4: think it's going to be a low-scoring game, too. All right, uh, if you want to read his stuff, phillysportsnetwork.com. Get all of uh, Brian's insights there. And or on the podcast, where can people get Flippin' Birds podcast?
7: Sure, so Flippin' the Birds is live on Tuesday nights on the PSN podcast, Philly Sports Network's YouTube. Um We have the time of our life. We're a very uh, laid back podcast. We just talk nonsense as much as we can, but we have a good time, right? That's what matters. Uh, and and while you're at it have an adult beverage if you're gonna lay back
4: and do it you might as well have a uh, beer while you're at
7: it exactly we actually uh, we actually entice our guests to bring their adult beverages onto the podcast <laughs> that's what we like there that's yeah. extra points from when track. when do we
0: get to be guests on your podcast what the hell man when do we get to I, enjoy that <laughs> whenever you
7: guys want i can definitely slide into your dms we can make something happen hit me sure
4: up i love it Dundale, O'Brien, brian thank you very much for jumping on to our show today yes we owe you anytime you want us on your show you got a uh, guaranteed spot from uh, yours truly thanks for doing it enjoy the game on sunday sounds good guys take care thank you for having me on my pleasure brian cameron from uh, phillysportsnetwork.com all right farzetta mcdonald have to come back and officially get on the record mcmullen said 24 14 birds that's his pick as of right now as that is going to be higher scoring than that i might actually be lower scoring that we'll see uh come on back we'll give you scores for the jets eagles next here on birds 365. Run out of time on a Football Friday edition of Bird's 365. Mark for that in for Johnny Mac. Head, to head over to South Philly, get some insight info from uh, the coaches before uh, the final uh, chance that the media has to be part of the Eagles' preparation for the game against the Jets. I- I've said this now a couple of times. I was so looking for it When the schedule came out and the Jets were playing the Eagles, knew it was going to be a Jet. but I just didn't know what date it was going to be. Aaron Rodgers signs with the Jets. I thought this was going to be a great game. I was well on record. For those who have pointed out today, I sound like a hater because I'm pointing out that Kenny Gainwell's production this year isn't near what it was previously. I'm not a hater. I picked the Eagles to be 5-0 at this point. I thought this was a game they could lose. Now I don't think that because Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. I'm going to say it's a no play game for me this week. The Eagles are a seven point favorite. I think it's going to land close to that. The under over is 40 and a half. I think it's going to land close to that. So I'm not going to get involved in, in wagering on this game at all. My final score is Eagles 26, Jets 17. So they win, they win by more than a touchdown. Not quite double digits, right around the under-over number. If I'm not mistaken, Mark Farzetta's is going to predict that the Eagles will go over by themselves at 40 and a half. All right, Farzetta, give us your number. How bad a blowout is this going to be in Farzetta land? <sighs>
0: Every time I get too comfortable about a game, I stop. I think I say, all right, you know what? Take off uh, the Kelly green, take off the, the Eagles colored glasses. Is it really going to be like, hell yes. 42, 13 Eagles win this game. They blow off the, the, the over under without a problem. And we all feel hunky dory going into that Miami Dolphins f- game. F- f- 42 what? 42-13, Eagles 13. win this game. All right,
4: so you only got them mm, winning by 29 points. Yeah, That's got, it.
0: I'm very negative, very negative guy. I got them win by nine. Parzetta's got them winning by 29. Okay. Now, boy, but more importantly, Jody, I've known you for so long, I never even thought to ask you this question. What is what is your drink? What does Jody McDonald drink? What, what is your drink of choice? If you're having a refreshing, or not even refreshing, but just a relaxing drink at the end of a long day, whatever, what does Jody Max go to?
4: It's only been the same for f- yeah, damn close to fifty years, at least forty-five, uh age twelve. Um Budweiser. I'm a I'm a bud guy. Always Oh, just keeping I with the I, bud. I got a Hocken brew the other night at uh the yeah. Phillies game because I always uh, try and help my out bu- my bud Yeah, Cloudy mac now and yeah. ring the bell is good. I I like it. Yeah, my second one, I went back to bud. So I had two two big beers at the game the other night for the Phillies. That a guy. Uh, very so, nice. Yeah, I'll get a bud. Uh other than that, um I'm a shot guy. Yeah, I'm not going to drink anything with ice in it. All right. No, 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 no. I don't need a highball glass. It's either beers or shots. That's me. I'm a uh, beer and a shot kind of guy.
0: The uh, citywide special, baby. Citywide Things. special. Exactly right. All right, Farzi,
4: thank you very much as always for jumping in. Appreciate it. Um... So, because the Phillies don't play till Monday, right? Your next appearance here on uh, the YouTube channel
0: will be Sunday in the pregame show, right? That is correct. Sunday, uh, then Sunday pregame, halftime, then on the postgame. What boat are you going to be doing it from? (laughs) (laughs) The
4: the, the one Gilligan took out to the island? I'm just double checking here. Uh, We're going to be
0: on the USS United States. That's docked right there on Delaware Ave. We're just going to do it on there. We're going to do it right there. That's it. We'll have the the good view of Oh uh, the uh, battleship New Jersey right I on the other side of the river. Pretty, I said this it earlier was. in
4: the week again. Somebody's gonna call me a hater. Uh I said that was very cool. I, I it saw was. The, the highlights of it afterwards. You guys did a very good job, which you always do, but that was actually a, a pretty fun setting.
0: Yeah, it was a blast, uh, man. Know. I love that place. Love that love know. the uh, USS New Jersey.
4: I know that uh you get a little seasick, so that's why I worried about you, buddy. I just want <laughs> Get, get, get Cast, iron. Up, Cast iron stomach, Jody. Right.
7: Cast iron.
4: Tough guy who's predicting 42 to 13. All right. Uh, Barzy will be here on Sunday. I'll be back on Monday with my guy Johnny Mac after an Eagles win. They should be 6-0. and We'll be back here Monday on Birds 365 to talk about it in two and two days, that is.
2: Jacob
1: Sports.
2: See you next time on Birds 365.
1: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.